Are you in medical school and just miss dancing? Do you miss those times where you could escape the competitive cutthroat atmosphere of medical school where all everyone does is talk about their step scores and residency plans? Try Bangladesh Medical School. Thanks to Bangladesh Medical School, you can still get out the urge to dance while also pursuing a career in medicine. Side effects include, but are not limited to, no sleep, no friends, fatigue, failed exams, lying to your parents, missing practice, weight gain, weight loss, nausea, digestion, indigestion, and sweating balls. Before dancing in medical school, please consult the Bangladesh Podcast. This is the Bangladesh Podcast. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm your host Sop Grover. Sorry, I can't just sorry I can't stop laughing at that intro. On today's episode, we're going to sit down with three medical professionals and talk through their experiences as medical students who didn't want to give up competitive Bhangra. You'll hear about some of their hardships, but you're also going to hear about some of their success stories and advice for those of you who are aspiring doctors who are thinking about doing the same. First, we're going to hear from Angela Loa and Bhavneet Singh. Hey, my name is Angela. Last name is Loa. I am now a fourth year in med school. I go to Medical University of South Carolina or MUSC. I went to Vanderbilt for undergrad and I've been dancing since 2012. Started off at Vanderbilt's team, ended up at DRP and now I captain DDR for Dunia Deran. My name is Bhavneet Singh, also go by Bobby or BSG, whatever works for y'all. Right now, actually officially today, fourth, I'm a fourth year medical student, July 1st. So it's official. I go to Oakland University, William Beaumont School of Medicine, or OUWB for short. And for undergrad, I went to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, go blue. And then I've been dancing since 2009, um, mostly with Frithile. Also made some um, appearances with MBT. So both Bobby and Angela are seasoned vets who have danced all across the country, being cornerstone members of teams that have showed continued success. What you'll learn about these two throughout this entire podcast is that they're both extremely humble. They don't really toot their own horn too much, but that's why I'm here. Some notable performances from Angela include Dunia Derang, otherwise known as DDR, at Bruin Pangara 2018, and The Real Punjabis, otherwise known as DRP, at Bruin Pangara 2016. I actually remember watching that um, DRP performance at Bruin Pangara 2016 and remembering Angela for a very specific moment during the sub-segment where she actually went and she was doing this click in the front of the stage, dead center, and she did this nakra look and then dropped into this really hard-hitting batka and ripped that move. And for that, I really remember her, and I, I think that's why it's one of her most notable performances. And for Bobby, you should check out Fertile Shukin at Circle City Pangara 2017. He's going to be the guy who runs out the begetting in the turquoise-ish Vardi. And then you should check out the Michigan Pangara team at Blowout 2016, where he actually won Best Nakra. Uh, at, the, at that performance, he actually hit this one little dab in the front of the stage that uh, made the crowd go wild. In my mind, I'm jealous of what these two have already achieved. Multiple first-place performances and being considered some of the best dancers in the country. Now, it's also important to put some context that a lot of these accolades that they have achieved were prior to entering med school. So while we are discussing, I was trying to understand, for people who have already achieved so much, why potentially compromise your career for something that you've already gained? For me, I'd done research a lot in the past, so I'd already had an interest in science, but it was through dance that I discovered an interest in humanities as well. Um, through Bhangra especially that I met a lot of people, had a lot of one-on-one -on -one connections and realized how powerful it is to have 
arts in your life. Um, for me, it made sense to go into medicine based on, you know, this love for science, this love of humanities, how to bring them together. Well, there's nothing more intimate and emotional as the relationship between a doctor and the patient. So for me, it made sense to continue dancing through med school, to continue to cultivate that kind of empathy and emotional understanding with people. And the type of people that are at med school tend to be type A neurotic kind of people. Sometimes it's good to break away from that and realize that there's more to life than your step score and your clerkship scores. For me, I, I wanted to still hold on to Fungra because it was such a huge passion of mine. You know, I've been dancing since 2009 with Fratile and even a couple years before that. Um, so it was a really, really big part of my life. And it's helped shape who I am today in terms of being a leader, in terms of um, knowing the value of teamwork slash collaboration, gaining confidence in yourself. So like letting go of Bunga in medical school was something that I really did not want to do. Um, and also for me, dancing was a way to escape the stress of med school, um, just to have my own time to dance, hang out with my brothers, get away from the med school environment, because sometimes when you're stuck on a campus all day, you can go a little bit crazy with all this medicine. So it was nice to take a break from reality, go to practice, go to competitions, and just dance. You know, it's such a fun thing to do. I get exactly where both of them are coming from. Bangara is an escape. It opens your eyes to an environment that's not just focused on test scores. And if you notice something, both Bobby and Angela never really mentioned competing, first place performances, being the best dancer is the reason why they wanted to keep dancing while they're in medical school. Their why was very deep rooted in something more outside of that competition environment. And understanding that deep rooted why helped Bobby a lot when he had to talk to his parents about continuing his competitive Bhangra journey while in medical school. Um, and then now we're moving to 2017. And then Circle City was kind of like the last comp um, before like the summer hit. Um, and before, like the summer before medical school. So at 2017, Circle City was like, yo, like, we're not dancing um, before med school starts. I think mean, it's the last one. You know, we've got a first place trophy. I think it's a great way to end. And I made my Instagram post. I'm like, I'm done. I'm retired. Bam, like, that's it. No school. Or, or you know, no, no bunga, right? But then, Fertile went to Berg 2017. And I went with them. The competition that Bobby just referred to is also known as Bhangra in the Berg. It's held in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and is hosted by Carnegie Mellon University. If you actually go to the Fertile Bhangra in the Berg 2017 performance, you'll see Bobby in a baseball cap on the right side of the video. And I was like, wow, I really miss dancing. And I really think I can make this work. So then 2018, we decided to apply to MCV, Motor, um, Motor City Bhangra. It's in Detroit, Michigan. And I was like, wait, Bobby, this is a perfect opportunity. It's a home competition. You don't have to, you know, go to that many practices as much. Your parents will like it because it's in Detroit. You don't have to, like, travel anywhere. So I was like, all right, mom, dad, here's a situation. Pratili is dancing at MCV. I really want to dance just to get my mind off of things. And granted, I did pass first semester medical school, like luckily, scraping by. So they're like, okay, you passed medical school, you've done well, you know, you feel like passed the first couple tests in, in 2018, go for it. So they were like, go ahead. Um, so I think for me, that having that proof that you can 
pass in medical school is, is a great leverage to hold against your parents to, to tell them that you can dance. Because um, at the end of the day, they can't say no to that if you're able to pass medical school. And then after 2018, you know, for all the other competitions that dance at, they're just like, as long as you're okay with school and you can manage it, go for it. You can actually go and see that Instagram post that Bobby put up, the one where he's saying, I'm retiring, I'm done with competitive Bhangra. On Fertilia, we still give him a hard time about that post because I think he's danced at like five or six comps since that post went up. So it's pretty funny that he put up this whole and beautifully, beautifully written post about what Bhangra has meant to him and why it's going to be so hard to retire. And then he goes and still dances less literally less than a year later. So it's pretty funny. Bobby mentioned that he had to prove to his parents that he could do both competitive Pangada and, and medical school at the exact same time. He strategically picked Motor City Pangada as a competition to do that proof. It was a smart choice. The competition was held in Detroit. He's from Detroit. But for Angela, more than just proving to her parents, it was about proving to herself. And I'll let her tell you how that all went down. Um, so my parents didn't have a response because I didn't tell them for a really long time. <laughs> um, I told them, you know what? I even blocked out this part of my memory. So I wanna say I told them maybe after the first year of med school. Yes, that is what happened because I wanted to prove my, to myself that I could do it for a year and keep it up <laughs> before I spring it on them. <laughs> so what did she have to prove? Well, let's put some context around all of this. Angela has never been a captain of a Bhangra team prior to Dunya Derank. So when she was on DRP for all those years, she was never captain of the team. Now she is the solo captain, meaning the only captain of Dunya Derank. And being a captain on a Bhangra team is no simple task. You are essentially in charge of set design, dancer development, production of the performance, you literally ensure that this competition and this performance goes smooth. And if things don't go smooth, you're the one who's going to take the fall for it. This is a job that's typically done by two to three people. And Angela was doing this job by herself in her first year of medical school. Angela recounts her first competition being a solo captain, which was Buckeye Mela 2018. Buckeye Mela is a Bangladesh competition hosted by the Ohio State University, and this comp is typically referred to as Mela. Mela was fine. Like, Mela was fine. We, we, we brought home something that was bigger than Fertile's. <laughs> I had the option to edit that out, but it was such a good burn that I just couldn't. So here are the circumstances surrounding Mela. So first comp that I would be solo captaining for. It also happened to be the weekend right before a block exam on that Monday after Mela. Block exams are no joke when it comes to material. There's tons and tons of stuff in it. I can give you one example. So if you have a block exam uh, about your heart, you need to know all the physics. You need to know how it works. Pretty much all the inner workings of how someone's heart works. You need to know all the ways it can go wrong. You need to know how specific drugs affect the heart. You need to know the histology of the heart. There's just so much material in a block exam. It's for me being a non-med student, I can't even understand how they capture all that material and study study all that within six weeks. And Angela was dancing at a competition when she had one of these huge exams on the Monday after the comp. And these exams only come about, there's only about three of them, three to five of them that a med school student will take throughout a year. Unfortunately, during that weekend, the only time I had to really study was 
right after the competition during after party. Um, so I just stayed back in the hotel and <laughs> studied a lot <laughs> as much as I could, I think. Um, for me, that comp was way too much, like, way too much Angela involvement. Like, I was doing a lot of the choreography. I was uh, uploading choreography tutorials. I was critiquing people's videos. I was doing all the formations. I even booked all the hotels. Like, there were obviously areas where I should have delegated to people. Um, but I did a lot of things on my own and that's like not a sustainable way to move forward. Like it took my teammate, Rebecca, who is now a co-captain of our team to come literally come out and say to me, Angela, can I please help you with something? Because there's no reason why you should be doing all of this by yourself. And honestly, like I'm a lot happier now. I have a lot more balance in my life. Like I'm able to have a relationship and like actually spend time for myself now um, and not just be consumed by dance and school. Um, and I will say like Mela taught me like you can have the best outcome possible. Like you can get that trophy, you can get everything that you know your team deserves, but like it's still an important lesson in like that's not that's not everything, you know? Getting that first place is not everything. Like, the next day I went into my exam and I passed it, but I had to take remedial lessons after that for the six weeks until the next block exam um, for one of the areas which I was, like, lowest in. Um, so even though, like, I came out of it fine, like, the journey was a lot rougher than it should have been during my second semester in med school. Offline, Angela mentioned that she was getting three hours of sleep a night during her Buckeye Miller prep. So on top of the pressure of a block exam, she had the pressure of putting her team on her back. And the good thing was DDR pulled off first place. They ended up shocking the world there. And they became a formidable team that now teams fear to compete against. Angela did make a compromise. She ended up having to take remedial lessons for some of the content that was on that block exam. Outside the classroom, there's other compromises that the med school student has to make because of Bhangra. Think about it. Every second you are in practice, that is time you could be volunteering, researching, or doing activities to boost yourself as a medical student. It's also time you give up that you could be socializing and hanging out with your friends. Both Bobby and Angela made these compromises. You know, I just feel like with with Bhangra, like there's always going to be a compromise that you have to make because... Like when you when you're in medical school and you go to practice as competitions, don't, that's a free time that you have that you can literally do anything else you want in medical school. Like I said, um, research, uh, volunteering, extracurricular clubs, studying, shadowing, all those things you're gonna compromise by going to practices, going to competitions. Um, for example, at least for Seba for everybody, it's not really part of the medical school, but there are multiple times. And Seba for everybody, for those who don't know, it's a um, Metro Detroit um, Seba group, volunteer group founded by people in, in Metro Detroit community. Um, just you know, doing great volunteer opportunities for the whole community. Um, and I wasn't able to go to those certain events. And at, at some point, I did feel guilty, like, dang, like I'm going to practices, but I'm not volunteering. Like, am I bad? Like, I feel bad about this. But at the same time, it's like you know, like you know, I set aside time for this to go to practice and have fun. I can definitely make up for it with another event. Um, so 
for me, I definitely compromise those things, but you make up for it later on. So Not only are you sometimes missing like opportunities that you'll see a lot of other classmates take, um, sometimes you'll also, or at least in my case, I felt like I missed out a lot on getting to know some of my classmates. Um, I skipped a lot of social events. I would say that the people I'm close to in med school are very few, but those who I am close to are, I'm super close to. Um, so I'd say like maybe something that I sacrificed was having a wide circle in med school. I guess when you see other classmates, you know, having super huge social groups and involved in so many different things on campus, like it's hard not to feel insecure, but keep in mind that, you know, you're making a choice that's best for you and that's okay. After hearing everything that Bobby and Angela have had to make compromises on, I could understand if someone listened to this and be like, why the hell would I dance during med school? That makes absolutely no sense. And it does take a special person. Like I mentioned earlier, Bobby and Angela are unique individuals. They're people who understand the why of what they're doing. They're humble. They, they do something because they love it. But that doesn't mean that there's not tools and methodologies that they use to make sure that they're able to survive medical school and doing Bhangra at the same time. When we were talking, our conversation started steering more towards do's and don'ts and advice for those of you who are thinking to do the same as them. You know, I still really struggle with time management, um, even more so at the beginning of med school. Um, it's really hard. Like, there are, bottom line, there are never, ever going to be enough hours in the day to get everything done that you want to get done. There's always something that you could be studying more for, you wish you knew a little more about. There's always like more team stuff to work on. Um, I think this year I've kind of hopped on the bandwagon and of bullet journaling or the bujo as the community affectionately calls it. I think the most important thing to know about it is um, it's basically a way to prioritize your to-do list because for me, I used to make these massive to-do lists. Like anytime I thought of something I could do or even a good idea of, hmm, that sounds nice to finish. Um, I would just write it down and it'd just be an obscenely long list of things to do that would stress me out even more. Um, but bullet journal, the, the way I do mine, it makes me, it forces me to only put down three or four things every day. And those have to be like, the most important things, like you are not allowed to do other things unless you do these three things first, um, which I think is really important for a person personality type like mine. Like when I get super stressed out, I will find any small thing to do to make myself feel better. If it's like washing the dishes or cleaning the house, you know, procrastinating on what actually needs to be done. Um, so I feel like that's been a pretty useful tool for me. Um, yeah, especially if I look back to the beginning of med school when I used to just like drain all my time into team stuff and neglect a bunch of other school related things. It's really important to have your priorities. Do talk, I guess, do talk with your team um, that you're dancing for and tell them um, how your schedule is 
and what practices you can and can't make because I feel like it's really important to be clear um, up front with you know how much a commitment you can you know, put forth to the dancing um, for that semester because you know you don't want to go in and be like yeah like you know, if you want to dance in medical school and the team's like all right dope that's awesome but then you don't tell them that you can't make like three or four practices in a row because you're so busy or that you can't make the week before or you know two weeks before because then they're going to be like oh my gosh you didn't tell us so do a talk with your team about how your schedule is personal and thing. Uh, but do not dance in the first semester of medical school because I think that is where you're really thrown into the fire and like I mentioned earlier you're just like given a crap ton of information that you have to somehow memorize, understand, apply all the above and more um, within those like first like whatever five, six months. And you're really trying to figure yourself out, like who you're, like how you study, um, you know, your, your group that you want to hang out with, like how to dissect, you know, a cadaver. It's like such big things you do in that first semester of medical school that it's, it's really tough to like manage time and I think you need that first semester to kind of adjust. So that's the big don't for me. Um, again, that might be personal, but I think just use that time to get from most medical school. Um, uh, another, I guess, don't um, is don't, again, this is really hard, but don't like compromise your own physical and mental health just to keep on studying and just to keep on going and going and going. And now that's a lot easier said than done, 100%. Um, going into like, you know, med school and, you know, dancing, all that stuff. But, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, we all heard that phrase. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. Um, and I think there were multiple times during that in medical school where I really felt burnt out or I really felt um, my physical health was like lacking. Like I was really like walking from one area of the parking lot to the next and I was already winded. I was like, that never happened before. Or um, I try to go for a run and I just couldn't because I was just like so physically drained. Um, and I was like eating Oreos at like 11 p.m. midnight and just, I mean, not saying that's a bad thing. You know, you need to have some, you know, some time to treat yourself. But like my, my eating habits were out the door. My physical health was out the door. My mental health is like all over the place. And I, at least before medical school, I, I feel like I was comfortable to get through a set. Again, I still thought my stamina could be a lot better, but when I actually like was in medical school I'm like yo like my stamina is trash and it was like really bad so I guess for me don't compromise your mental and physical health here just easier said than done but talk to people talk to your friends outside of medical school get your thoughts out of your mind like whatever it is whether it's a counselor whether it's your best friend your significant other teachers, professors, mom, dad, whoever it may be. So everything that Bobby and Angela have said so far makes me think that Bangara is an investment. It's a time investment. It's an effort investment. And they've talked through all the tools that they use in order to make that investment, whether it be bullet journaling, planning goals, checking and making sure that your mental health is okay. But when I think about an investment, I always think about a return. They understood and they talked earlier about their why. But what's their return on investment beside just a trophy and hanging out with friends. What more do they gain by continuing to do Pangara through medical school? So I'd say the the number one thing that dancing has helped me through is how to be a female leader. And I do think it's important for me to include female as a qualifier. Um, so I think 
back when I first started captaining, this would have been 2017, I believe. Um, I was still doing research as my gap year. I still hadn't started med school yet. I will say that when you're in a male dominated dance genre like this, unfortunately, a lot of the role models you have as a leader are going to be male. Um, it's just the way it is right now. I feel like, I, I don't know how other women out there feel, but there almost felt like a, an unconscious pressure to behave a certain way, to be taken seriously. Um, I felt compelled to need to yell. I felt like, do I have to be angry at people? Do I have to assert myself all the time just so people listen to me? I think that being part of Dunia Derang was a huge trial run for me because I knew that that's not the type of person I want to be like. That is just emotionally draining for me. Um, and I don't want to come out of dance being a worse person. Um, so it was a really good training ground for me to just figure out who am I as a female leader. I took all the things that people said I shouldn't be, like I shouldn't be soft, I shouldn't cry, I shouldn't be vulnerable, I shouldn't be that honest with people all the time. I tried to just experiment and do those things that like honestly are 100% authentic for me. And it just taught me like, hey, that's actually a perfectly valid way to do things. Like it may not work for everyone, but you know what? It is true to me and that's all I need. And I feel like it it's a huge advantage, honestly, to be a different kind of leader in no matter in no matter what kind of field you're in. So when I apply that over to medicine, you know, it gave me like a real sense of identity because I feel like you won't really know until you see it, but in the hospital, there's such hierarchy. And when you're a medical student, you're at the bottom of the totem pole and it's so easy to get super insecure and feel like there's only one right way to do things. Um, but it's so important to figure out, for me at least, it was so important to figure out what kind of leader I am so I can go through school with that sense of integrity and that sense of self still like again medicine in a lot of ways is very similar it's male dominated at a lot of the leadership so like how do you become the kind of leader you want to be and not get swayed by what the older generation is like i think i don't know i feel like i kind of rambled a little bit but maybe the ladies out there get it <laughs> and, and i do want to clarify and say like for any woman out there who actually is naturally assertive and is a great strong leader, um, continue being you. I didn't mean to imply that all women are like very soft and scenty as I am, but if you are, growing that's up, okay too. I was kind of like a person that really didn't. How do I put this? I wasn't really confident in myself and the decisions that I made. Um, just because I was scared of what other people might think. I I was always scared about the worst side of every decision that I made and I kind of you know let that hold me back from doing certain things but I guess with Bhangra um, you know especially as helping with choreography helping with formations and, and all that like and, and kind of implementing that and you know having people like I guess kind of give you like um, good reviews and also constructive reviews I think that's what kind of like told me like hey like it's okay to share your ideas um, it's okay to just you know Say what your mind thinks and just do it because who cares what other people think if it's bad it's bad at least 
your real ones will tell you if it's bad, right? Um, and you learn from it and you grow. So I think for me, um, that was really important going into medical school in terms of just being confident within myself and trusting myself, especially with third year medical school and notations um, when we have to um, present um, for all those people who are going into medical school, thinking about going to medical school in your third year or whenever you're in clerkship, uh, what we call rotations when you go to the hospital, you go and see a patient on your own. Um, you get all the history, you perform a physical exam, you come back and you present um, your information to either the resident or the attending. And my goodness, I was sweating balls. Like I was like, you could see like the sweat stains under my shirt. Like I wasn't confident with what I was saying. I was like going over and over again with what I was, what I think that the diagnosis could be. And I wasn't really confident in myself in the beginning, but I was like, hey, hold on, Baba, you've done a lot of things with Bhangra that like, you know, are just as stressful, like competing, you know, leading people, believe in yourself. If you're wrong, that's okay. It's all part of the process. And I think once I told myself that, um, every time I saw a patient that it's okay if you're wrong, just learn from your mistakes and move forward, I think I kind of calmed down a little bit and I was able to be okay with the mistakes that I made. So I got Bhangra, like, thank for that, um, big time. Bhangra taught me how important it is, and that's an understatement of teamwork and collaboration. You can't do stuff on your own. You're going to get overwhelmed. It's not going to be the best product. Um, same thing that kind of transitioned into medical school for me. Um, you know, first semester of medical school, um, I was like kind of overwhelmed with how much we have to know. And I was like, crap, like I don't see anyone else being this stressed out. I feel like they're doing everything on their own. Um, I think I should do everything on my own too. I don't want to be a nuisance or a burden for someone. Um, so I kind of just stuck with myself. But I feel like that was a really bad thing. Um, I didn't really reach out to other people. And I didn't really, you know, go to like office hours and stuff like that in the first semester just because I didn't want to be a bother or whatever like that. But I realized that no, it takes a whole effort. It's not just on you. You can utilize other people to help you. Um, and I think that also translates into with patient care. I think I was uh, in my PEDS ER um, rotation um, and I was with, um, with the physician, the ER attending, and he was also working with a PA and a nurse. Um, and I just found it so cool how they were trying to work up a patient for some like a knee pain, uh, which was some, we're very familiar with knee pain, right? You know, I thought, you know, the attending physician are just gonna like make his, make his own diagnosis and kind of disregard like what, you know, the other team, like the PA and the nurse, PA physician assistant, sorry, I don't wanna use the acronyms, but PA physician assistant on um, what was saying. But honestly, he literally sat down with the nurse practitioner plus the PA and I was like, all right, Hear the symptoms, what do you think is going on? And they kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And after that, they all went to see the patient together. And I thought that was like really, really cool um, to see like how, like you have a team, like a healthcare team to take care of a patient. So it's not just all on you as, as a physician, as a medical student, you gotta utilize your team. I thought that was awesome. Um, and I do wanna make a quick, quick note um, that Bangladesh still looks good on a residency application, in my opinion. Like I, I'm sure, I haven't gone through residency interviews yet at all. But I've talked with other classmates, you know, above me and, you know, who have danced and it's been brought up in their interviews and it's a good, like, something that's different about you. You know, not too many people can say they've danced on the team. So that's a, a plus. So now what happens if you've done medical school, you're graduated, you're about to become a real doctor, you're starting your residency, but you're just not satisfied with your Bhangra career. You don't feel like you've accomplished everything or you just don't want to stop dancing because you love it so much. Well, enter Mitra Patel. My name is Mitra Patel. I am a um, second year um, internal medicine resident 
um, at the University of Toledo Medical Center. Um, I went to um, Northeast Ohio Medical University or Neomed uh, for medical school and I went to it I think from 2015 to 2019 um, and it's located in Akron uh, around Akron Cleveland area. Uh, I did that for my um, undergrad and my uh, medical school. Um, I'm pretty I've been dancing for I would say almost five to six years now. I think I started out with um, Buckeye Bhangra in like 20, I think the 2014, 2015 season. And then I've been dancing um, with the uh, first class Bhangra uh, from 2015 um, until right now. Unlike most people, uh, my undergrad was two years um, versus four years for most people. My first year of undergrad, I mean, my second year of undergrad pretty much was all school related stuff. And during that time, I was in Youngstown, um, Ohio, so I really didn't, there was no teams there. I didn't really get a chance to dance. Um, after my two years of undergrad, after I graduated, I did like a research year for fun at Ohio State. And that's when I first had the opportunity to dance with uh, Buckeye Bhangra. Uh, and I did that for a year. And I just loved dancing so much that like dancing for one year was just not enough for me. So I think I actively started looking um, for teams that I could potentially dance with throughout medical school. Um, Bhangra was something that, you know, I, I didn't want to give up because it's something that I enjoyed so much. And, you know, everyone would tell me that medical school is going to take so much time um, from uh, just time in general and you're not going to be able to do it because your life is on hold. And even though I love the field of medicine, it's like my dream job that I'm going into. I, I love other things about life as well. It's not like my only passion. Bhangra is another passion that I have and that's just something that I didn't want to let go of and why I felt like you know it was necessary for me personally to um, continue dancing just for, for myself. When I started dancing in medical school, I didn't know of anybody else that did the same thing at that point. So I kind of had to find my own way uh, in that uh, aspect because there was no one really that I could you know, ask for advice or anything on how they you know, dealt with uh, um, the combination of med school and another huge time commitment such as dancing. So I kind of had to figure it out for myself and I did struggle a little bit the first year. So in thinking back from that, I would probably say that the things that I did know was um, what limitations that I would need to have um, when it comes to dancing and when it comes to med school in general. Uh, what team, you know, the, the members in my team and what they expected of me uh, from like being part of the team um, in that aspect because there were, you know, there were certain points where I wanted to do a lot more than um, I was capable of uh, when it comes to just time management and making sure that I um, juggle both medical school and dancing at the same time. So I wish I knew the limitations that um, I would probably need to have during medical school to still be able to dance and enjoy it. When I asked Mithra more specifically about some of these bumps that he encountered, he recounted his experience prepping for Motor City Bhangra 2016, where first class Bhangra went live. Going live in Bhangra is a lofty goal for many of us East Coast dancers where the opportunity is very rare. And for Mitra, he wasn't going to give up that opportunity no matter the cost. I had a, I had a competition um, and like the weekend before a big test um, on like Monday, that was MCB, yeah, I was MCB, we went live. Oh man, that was, that was not good. I was like, I was studying during the mixer uh, 
and it just did not I you know I thought I thought that I had I was like really smart and I was gonna study during the mixture and I was good I made all these plans to study during the weekend and I tried to study during the mixture that didn't work out well I tried to study during the after party the after party like got crashed and the whole it was like in the hotel that year and like there's like a the fire alarm went off or something like that something crazy happened at that after party and so everyone ended up coming back to the rooms so I didn't study then either and then Sunday I was too tired and again I was just like f it it was it's not worth it and then yeah that test did not go too well on Monday um let's just let's just put it at that after MCB Mitra learned his lesson when he had another big exam coming up which was step 1 he didn't take any chances for those of you who don't know Step 1 is the first part of the United States Medical Licensing Examination, and in summary, the scores that you get on your Step 1 exam determine what residency you're going to do, do after not, medical school. No matter what, do not dance during Step 1. Step 1 was the most brutal time um, ever. It's like you pretty much schedule every single minute of the day. Like when I was studying for Step 1, I had a schedule from like 7 a.m. to like 11 p.m. on the dot like I had scheduled time for meals I had scheduled times for break I had to schedule time for studying like I scheduled time for the bathroom sometimes you know it was like you had to schedule everything um, and you know you know most people actually I think take step one um, around like the May June ish time so I think I remember when I did mine I think the last time that I danced was um, in Big Ten Big Ten was even a stretch for me some people just like the entire half of that year don't dance nowadays, but when I, when I first did it, I kind of let it slide because uh, Big Ten was a pretty big competition. So Mitra mentioned that Big Ten was such a big deal, and I'm going to put a little bit more context to make you, all you listeners, understand why. So Big Ten was first class Bangra's opportunity to go up against Sean Punjabdi or SPD. SPD doesn't really need an introduction, but I'm just going to give them one anyways. SPD is considered one of the best Bhangra teams in the world. They performed in India, won, I think, six first places in a row here in the States. So SPD is up there as one of the best. FCB is considered one of the best. And it was a clash of the titans, essentially. And Mitra did not want to give that opportunity up. Mitra was wearing royal blue at that performance. And I was like, you know, this, this will be fun. So I, I kind of let it slide. But after that, I was done. I was done until I took my test. Mitra is now a second year resident and he hasn't felt that his residency has stopped him from dancing at all. It was a good thing that Mitra picked up on his mistakes that he made during medical school, because for him, dancing in residency wasn't much different than dancing in medical school. For me, nothing really changed. I think it was the, the same thing. The time allocation was just different for me. So for medical school, you know, I'm usually studying all day long, and I would practice at night. Um, in residency, you know, I work pretty much all day long and then I come home and I practice. So it wasn't actually as much of a difference as I thought it would be. Uh, the only thing is that you have like certain commitments to residency because it's work. So you can't take more days off um, than you can like in medical school because there are a lot of times in medical school where I would just take days off and sometimes even weeks off because classes were mandatory and then I would just go to Pittsburgh and I would uh, go to practices at night and then I would just go to the library or something like that during the day and study. Uh, but you know, the time commitment wasn't much different. Actually, there was, there's a little bit less stress for me in residency 
um, because it's more like work. I put my I put the work in a lot in medical school, learning everything that I need to learn. So now it's kind of like work in a way where you know if I come back around like you know eight nine p.m. or something like that from residency, I know that I have like around an hour to two hours to practice and get the exercise in, I guess, and uh, the working out that I need to do to condition myself. So I, I think the transition wasn't that much different. I still made the same videos. Uh, I still uh, did the um, same amount of like critiquing of my peers and stuff when it comes to uh, like dancing videos and things like that. So I don't think much changed uh, for me. It became a little bit easier, if anything. I found ways to make it work. Like, for example, like I think the last competition that I danced at, uh, the first, com uh, the second competition I danced at during um, uh, my residency was uh, Mela in this year, um, earlier in the year. And I was on night shift before that competition. Like the month of that competition, I was on night shift. So what our responsibilities at night was is like we didn't like actively take care of patients. We pretty much just answered any calls or anything like that that occurred or if the nurses had any questions. So I would pretty much just, you know, set the ringer on high. I would go to the gym in my hospital and I would just dance and I would send videos and things like that. Um, I, I mean, not send, but I would record videos at night. There was like a treadmill or an elliptical there. I would condition and... I would stop whenever I got any phone calls, I would answer the phone call and then I would just go back to dancing and working out and things. So um, it kind of, it worked out. Sumitra made it sound very easy, but there were some things that he said that really raised my eyebrows. First, he said he was dancing from 2 to 5 a.m. And then on top of that, he's doing conditioning at that time. And then when he's not on night shift, when he comes home at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., he's dancing then too. And these are all for competitions that he's already won before. Buckeye Mela is a competition that FCB has gone to. He's competed at with FCB, and he's already won multiple times. So what I really want to understand was he's dancing at these competitions that he's already won at. Was this all worth it? Is all this work that he's putting out in outside of his job being a doctor worth it? You know, Bhangra has made a very big impact uh, in my life uh, when it comes to that. And the... I guess the five years, five to six years that I've been dancing for, they have changed my perspective on a lot of things, especially based on the people that, you know, I've danced with. So for me, you know, I've had the spectrum of being a new dancer on FCB to the point of being a seasoned like veteran who was then like the person that was guiding the younger dancers um, on the team as well. So, you know, you, you, you work with a lot of different personalities, especially when you have a big turnover like that over like a five-year span. You know, you work with a lot of different people. People respond to different types of motivation and respond to different types of approach, you know, uh, in that aspect. And so that really, you know, comes over into medicine for me because, you know, every patient for me is going to be different. You have to approach them with what they're very comfortable with. Um, you have to learn how to work with different personalities and different thought process, things that you might not be comfortable or used to. And I think that really came through for me. And I think that was a big difference. Some of the people, some of the veterans, well, I was a newbie. I learned so much from um, Sid, Ram. Uh, they were big and they, they taught me a lot of different things that, you know, one person had a very chill mentality one person had a very aggressive mentality and 
it kind of balanced each other out in a way, but different people responded to, you know, different methods and they all worked really well. And I think that honestly has applied to my, um, my actual practice as a resident right now, even working with my co-residents, you know, it's, it, it helps me understand where I need to like, where I should fight my battles and where I should like let it go. And the patient that's the patience that is required, the teamwork that is required to function as like a well-oiled machine, you know, all of the teachings that I've, you know, kind of experienced from uh, being on a Bhangra team has translated over into my real life. I want to thank Bobby, Angela, and Mitra for taking the time to talk to us. We recorded this audio back in the first week of July. Both Bobby and Angela were just starting their fourth years. And for Mitra, July is typically the time when new residence starts. So for him being a second year resident, things were pretty hectic to say the least, uh, dealing with a bunch of newbie doctors. If I could describe these three individuals in one word, the word I would use is excellence. It's honestly in their blood. Not only do they exude excellence in their dancing and careers, but also in their ability to communicate. They drew parallels between both their passions and effectively could speak through it. Now, do you have to have excellence flowing through your veins in order to competitively dance during medical school? Probably not, but what you will have to do is ask yourself the tough questions. Do you have what it takes to endure the side effects of doing Bhangra while in medical school? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bhangra Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, as that really helps others find the podcast. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of them at the Bungarda Pod. If you want to know what else is going on in the podcast world, sign up for our newsletter and join our Discord server to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. There will be links to all of those in the show notes.